Hello, hello, hello. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another edition of the Big Deep Podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his weekly appearance, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all content, all our videos. Check out the catch game video yesterday. You would have made money if you listened to me. And uh, also check out the Big Deep Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So... Joining us before the Miami Dolphins host the New Orleans Saints tonight is the leader of the Jalen Waterford Offensive Rookie of the Year, the leader for Jalen Phillips Defensive MVP Player of the Year, even though we know who's going to win it, and the leader for Xavier Howard getting, getting a lifetime pass to the Pro Bowl, Alex. What's up, Dylan? Beautiful introduction. You can also add a uh, leader of the Brian Flores for Coach of the Year campaign uh, on top of that, because uh, the season keeps going the way the last six games did. Should be Brian Flores' trophy to win. But um, yes. Wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's not even the best coach in the, the he's not even the coach of the year, best coach of the year candidate in your division. I thought that was Robert Sala. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Dylan, if the Miami Dolphins go from one and seven to making the playoffs and Brian Flores doesn't win coach of the year, then they may as well just cancel the award because that would be, a, it would be blasphemous. But always good to be here, Dylan. Always good to be back. Uh, another Monday episode and I'm ready to get going. Well, uh... A game near and dear to your heart being a fan of an AFC team would have been the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. And uh, I and uh, I don't know what you thought about that game, but to me, when I saw that, when I saw Buffalo beat New England, I'm like, holy cow, Josh Allen just won the AFC East for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah you know, uh Obviously, those two teams are uh, teams I don't enjoy uh, watching for or definitely not rooting for. But I was a big Buffalo Bills fan yesterday. Um, you know, uh, them beating New England uh, made the Dolphins playoff chances grow uh, a very large amount. Uh, if New England won that game, it would have been a lot harder for Miami to get to the playoffs. So I was definitely rooting hard for the Bills yesterday. But, you know, it, I mean, like you said, Josh Allen, I mean, he's obviously he's grown into one of the not only the best young quarterbacks in the league, but the one of the best quarterbacks in the league in general. I mean, what he's doing over there in Buffalo, he turned he turned a dismal Buffalo Bills franchise into uh, one with hope and one with Super Bowl aspirations. So uh, it's absolutely uh, I, I know Bills fans are happy to have him and uh, happy to be able to beat New England uh, after what, 20 years of uh, New England and Tom Brady putting it to the Bills. Uh, they finally have started uh, turning the tables on that one. To me, the biggest difference between Buffalo and New England is simple. Yep. One team, one team possesses a quarterback who can throw the ball literally 90 yards down the field and run four or five. The other team has got, well, a guy. Yeah. I'm, just saying. I'm just saying. Mac Jones. Wolves when the Patriots are ahead because he literally could handle, he literally could just be a facilitator. Uh, Josh Allen could win games throwing the ball or throwing and running. Because yeah. this was Buffalo's leading rusher again. I mean, it, it, 
it's the Josh Allen show in Buffalo. I mean, whether they're throwing the ball, whether they're running the ball, I mean, it's, it's, he's the leader of that team and he's doing it. He's, he's getting those wins in as many different stat categories and as many different ways as he can. I mean, he's, he's playing great football. Obviously the Bills, you know, they've had a couple down weeks. Um, it hasn't been as dominant of a season as I think that they were expecting, but um, they're still sitting pretty in the playoff race. They're still looking to uh, most likely win the division. And, uh, you know, it's just all about seeding, winning out if they can and uh, getting the best seeding possible. But, I mean, it seems to me it wasn't too long ago that everyone was talking about Mac Jones being the next guy in the NFL. I didn't necessarily see it. He seemed more of a game manager to me. But, you know, now it seems like uh, the, uh, the Mac Jones praise has kind of fallen down from the heavens, it seems like, and kind of dropped back down to earth. Because, I mean, it's it, from everything I'm seeing out of Mac Jones, like you said, when they've got the lead, game manager. He can control it. He doesn't make too many uh, uh, bad mistakes or uh, have too many turnovers, especially when they're in a good position into the football game. But, man, I would not want to be a fan of a football team led by Mac Jones when my team needs, needs two touchdowns to stay in the game. Because, I mean, it, it's the same thing that, that I've, that I've seen a lot of people saying it's just a, a lot of dink and dunk. I mean, it doesn't really seem like Bill quite trusts him to run a full offense, to run a deep ball offense, to be able to, to really take chances down the field, whether or not it's Bill not trusting him or whether or not it's Mac Jones still trying to get into the flow of the NFL and really be able to um, be com- comfortable and confident enough to take those chances. You know, I mean, obviously he's still a rookie. He's still got some time to uh, develop, but it just from everything I'm seeing right now, he's, he does a good job when they're in the lead and he does a good job when it's a close game and they're able to kind of keep things a little bit more simple. But boy, when they're down big or when they're down by a couple uh, a couple possessions and he really needs to step up and make some plays, it really doesn't seem like he's uh, quite at the level yet to be able to uh, at least compete with the Josh Allens of, of the league. By the way, a couple interesting stats. You know, you know what New England was on Third down yesterday? No. One of ten. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to win very many football games if you're getting on, if you're not staying on the field on third downs. And wait, let me see if I can get the set. And yesterday, every, every New England pass was full well New England averaged 4.2 yards per pass Buffalo averaged over six yards per pass just saying one guy's throwing the ball down the field the other whatever and by the way yeah you see Josh Allen on that last on that on that game ceiling touchdown here fourth and one New England read the play well and he got the first down then Third down, shovel pass to Stephon Diggs. And then later, New England read the play really well and shovel pass to Dawson Knox. I mean, those are literally like, oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I, I, those are undefensible. Yeah. I mean, he's got a little bit of the Patrick Mahomes element where he, I mean, he sees a play develop and it, and if that play that he, or if the original play that's drawn up doesn't really seem like it's uh, going to be able to work based on the defense, defense, based on the coverage, based on the pass rush, he just seems like he's got that, that very, very uh, important ability that, uh, uh, like I said, like Mahomes has and some of the other top tier quarterbacks of just 
being able to make a play happen after out of, after a breakdown or after miscommunication or, or whatever it is, or good defensive play, just being able to make, make a play happen and get the yardage you need to either keep a drive alive, get into the end zone. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, Buffalo Bills fans, they, they are very happy to have Josh Allen as their quarterback, as their leading rusher. They don't care what he is, as long as he's winning them football games. Yeah, and you mentioned, and you mentioned. I mean, find me a better, perfect, better quarterback for Buffalo. Six, six, and you can <coughs> throw the ball in any weather conditions. Check, yeah. check, and check. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an ideal situation for them. I mean, they've got the Bills coming up next week. I, I'm I'm sorry, not the Bills. They are the Bills. They've got the Falcons coming up next week. Uh, they honestly, I mean, unless it's another weird game that we. Um, that we've been seeing a lot of in this NFL season. Uh, they should be able to handle that, uh, handle the Falcons, and then they've got the Jets in week 18. I mean, if, if last week of the season, I mean, maybe they I, – I don't, I don't think they'll have um, – they might have the division locked up, maybe not. Kind of, it just kind of depends on what happens in the rest of the year. You really, um, think, right? you really think my Jags have a chance to beat New England next week? I don't. So, you know, they're probably, the Bills are probably definitely going to be, probably definitely, they're definitely going to be playing for something, whether it's playoff seating, whether it's a division, whether, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I'm sure that they'll probably uh, be using the majority of their starters and, and you know, obvious, obviously trying to win the game, but, you know, putting their best effort towards winning that game. So it's, it should be pretty much two pretty straightforward wins for the Bills going into the playoffs. A big win over the Patriots. Uh, this week, so um, it's it looks like some good momentum for them going to the playoffs. But that wasn't the only game on the NFL slate this week. There was a uh, another certain young quarterback who I think uh, fans of his franchise are very happy to see uh, wearing the, their team's colors. Mr. Joe Burrow, man. I mean, 37 completions 46 attempts 525 yards wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you waiting you forgot to say something a franchise record ah. 525 passing yards step aside carson palmer <laughs> i don't even know if that was who was holding the record that's just the the best bengals quarterback that pops in my head in recent history and then the four touchdowns on top of it i mean what a day for mr joe burrow and the cincinnati bengals I mean, I knew Joe Burrow could play coming out of LSU. We all saw his 2019 year. I didn't. I did not think Joe Burrow would figure out it throwing the football this early. And yes, Baltimore is banged up. I don't think I've ever seen a team with as many defensive back injuries as the Ravens. I know, but Joe Burrow is a dude. Oh yeah. I mean. What he did yesterday was unbelievable. I mean, if you use Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamal Chase, and Tyler Boyd on your fantasy team, congratulations. You're probably in the championship, or heck, you probably won it. Yeah. Because I mean, let's see, let's see what T. Higgins did yesterday. Huh. He caught 12 passes for 194 yards and two touchdowns. Did you see that one sick catch he made? Yeah. In the second quarter, that was stupid. I know. And not only was it 12 receptions, it was 12 receptions on 13 targets. I mean, that's talk about efficiency. Talk about, I mean, an average of 16.2 yards a catch. And honestly, be if it wasn't for a 
crazy number 12 receptions i mean the average would have been even higher than that he's just i mean it's just unfortunate for him and he had so many catches or else his average would have been higher but i mean monster day from t higgins big day from jamar chase again again as well you know seven catches 125 i mean those Bengals receivers came to play and i mean it's hard not to when you got joe burrow eating like he like he was yesterday and i knew t higgins would play a lot of people may have been disappointed in his last year of clemson but that dude can play and he's the perfect compliment for Chase because Chase, that number one, T. Higgins can be that 1A, number two. And Tyler Boyd's the unsung hero because he does a lot of other things like Robert Woods or maybe an Al- Lesser and Stan Allen, Lazard, and Green Bay. Boyd does a lot of dirty work and made, still made a big impact yesterday. Plus, don't forget Joe Mixon. Yep. Oh, of course. I mean, going back to Tyler Boyd really quick, I think Tyler Boyd's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. I mean, as a third, as the third receiver, I mean, Tyler Boyd has, has been one of the main, uh, pretty much the top Bengals receiver up until the, the new guys came in. And, uh, you know, he's always been like one of those guys who was like a solid, a really solid player, but having Jamar Chase come in and uh, T Higgins come in, that just completely opens up the offense for Tyler Boyd. He's not like an every week monster producer anymore, but boy, I mean, when you've got defenses locked on Jamar Chase and T Higgins all game, and you've got a third receiver who's as talented as Tyler Boyd. I mean, it's just asking for, for matchup problems and for, and for success. I mean, it's, he's definitely one of my favorite third receivers in the NFL. It's just, he, he does his job. He does it well. You know, he's been playing, playing the game for a long time. He's gotta be a great mentor for, uh, for Jamar Chase and T Higgins. I mean, it's just, it's a really nice situation. And then obviously you bring up Joe Mixon, having one of the best running backs in the league and an elite and a close to elite rushing game on top of those on top of that talented receiver with a budding young, young quarterback. I mean, that Cincinnati offense is it's a scary offense when they're clicking. And uh, it's definitely something that um, can, I mean, that was a huge game over the Ravens. Obviously, yeah, the Ravens are starting Josh Jackson. Their defense is completely dismantled by injuries. But it's still, it was still a division game. Obviously, both teams are fighting hard, and that game, that game, very, very, very well could have decided that could have could have decided the division. So, you know, Bengals fans are happy. Ravens fans not so much. But um, you know, like like we've been talking about every week, this is the time you got to step up. Playoffs are coming, baby. So. Bengals definitely did. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of the vision, you know, with the league trending more offensive mining and the Bengals having a great young quarterback in Burrow, all these young weapons, and now we're seeing Zach Taylor coach, an offensive mining coach. Could could this potentially be Cincinnati's division control because you've got a defense, I mean, a defensive mind coach, Mike Tomlin, who didn't have a chance and you know what to stop Kansas City yesterday. Yeah. John Harbaugh, special teams, defensive guru, but Baltimore's more banged up than any secondary I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the bang, and the Browns were aggressing, Flounder and Baker Mayfield. Is this Cincinnati's division control? Yeah, I mean, the 
you from from the looks of it, especially on paper, I mean, it absolutely looks like this is Cincinnati's opportunity. The biggest problem I have with with Cincinnati, and it has nothing to do with them, it's that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are coming in uh, on the schedule, coming up on the schedule next week, and that's really going to be the challenge. Obviously, yeah, you beat Baltimore division game, put you in first place with the division. That's huge, but you're also playing against a third string quarterback. How can you can you do that again when you're playing against? the Patrick Mahomes after the performance he just put up this week, especially with the playoffs and number one seedings up for grabs and, and get, getting that seating locked in. I mean, that's going to be the challenge for Cincinnati right there. I mean, yeah, their offense is great, but so is that Kansas city offense. And if they, you, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing outscoring Josh Johnson by 30, 20 points, but can you do that to a Patrick Mahomes offense? I guess we'll find out next week. Indeed. Well, um, you know, I know week 16 is still going on. I mean, your Dolphins are playing tonight, but I guess it's not too early to think who's realistically in the Super Bowl bubble. So how many teams, what teams do you have with a realistic chance of making the Super Bowl in England, in Inglewood? So realistic, realistic chance, you know, I think I'm going to start with the AFC first, just because, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit more straightforward. I feel like in the AFC, um, Kansas city, I mean, I got, you got to think that they're at least one of, I mean, the way they've been playing lately, it's, it, it's going to take a lot to beat Kansas city, especially in the playoffs. I mean, obviously they've got, they've got playoff experience. They were in the super bowl last year. Um, I think they're, they're, uh, pretty safe to say that they're the favorite in the NF in, in the AFC this year. Other than that, behind them in the AFC, I mean, it really comes down to, I mean, Buffalo, obviously, you know, as long as they play to their strengths and as long as they play the way that we know that they can play instead of some of those unfortunate losses that they've had throughout the year. I mean, obviously there's hiccups. This has been a crazy NFL season. We've seen some of the craziest um, uh, what's um, upsets and, and just weird games this season. But, you know, going into the play playoffs, you have to think that those Buffalo Bills players are going to lock down and, and really step up. So, I mean, in the AFC realistic Super Bowl, I'm looking at Kansas City. I'm looking at Buffalo. I mean, depending on Derrick Henry's health, I mean, I don't necessarily think the Titans have what it takes to get past Buffalo or Kansas City. I mean, if you get Derrick Henry back ASAP, it gives you a, I, I, th I say, a, I think a fighting chance, but um, I still wouldn't put any money on Tennessee with Derrick Henry or not. So, I mean, honestly, anyone else in the AFC doesn't really excite me. Cincinnati, but I think they might be a little too inconsistent to get through some of those uh, tougher teams in the AFC. I'd put them on an outside chance too. And that's pretty much all I'm seeing from the AFC. I mean, I don't think Mac Jones in New England can get it done. Obviously, we already talked. I already talked about Tennessee, Cincinnati, Baltimore. I don't think so. The Chargers, I don't think so. So, yeah, really in the AFC, it's for me, it's just Kansas City, obviously Buffalo, and then Cincinnati and Tennessee with an outside shot. But really, I, I mean, if we're talking about legit Super Bowl contenders, it's really just those two for me. I think there, are, you think about the I think there are three legitimate Super Bowl threats in the AFC. Okay. Kansas City. Yep. Buffalo. Yep. And Indianapolis. Yeah. I forgot Indianapolis. I, I don't know how I missed that. What? Because John Taylor has to run 400 yards in two days. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah. obviously the Colts. I mean, you can go, you can expand on that if you want, but uh, 
Jonathan Taylor, you just said it right there. <laughs> find yeah, other than Cooper Cup, find me a player carrying this team more than Taylor. Nah, there isn't one. Those two guys have done more for their two franchises this season than than I mean. The, and the biggest the biggest problem I have with the NFL man is that this this MVP award they really just need to switch it to the quarterback award because. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup are more valuable to their teams than any quarterback in the league right now. I, I mean, I, I don't know where those teams would be without those two players. And and if and I'm sure I, a quarterback I know is what, an MVP this year. And it's I know where be, the Colts would be without Jonathan Taylor. They'd be at the bottom of the AFC of the AFC South with you guys. <laughs> Gosh. And yeah. Houston. And Houston. Yeah. And Houston. That'd be the worst division in the NFL if they didn't have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I know some quarterback's going to win MVP this year, and it's just going to be a complete injustice because those two guys, man, they really have have defined what the MVP is about. I mean, we're talking about value. We're talking about value for your team. I mean, there's no two guys more valuable to their team than them right now. And uh, I'm just – it's I'm, I'm tired of the MVP just being the best quarterback in the league award. I'm, I'm ready to sign the petition to change that up a little bit. NFC Super Bowl bubble. NFC, you want to go first or me? I'll go for first. Go for it. Again, I think there are three NFC teams have a legitimate chance of making the Super Bowl. Yep. Green Bay, let's yep. see. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Check, check. Yep. But I don't think Green Bay's a slam dunk of making the Super Bowl because Green Bay's played in way too many close games. Way yep. too many close games. You've seen the Packers point differential this year. They should have lost to Cleveland, Tyler Huntley, mm-hmm. all but beat them. Yeah. I mean, they struck. I mean, if not for Detroit and the Bears, right. Green Bay's point differential is what middle of the pack. Yeah. And yet they're 12 and 3. All right. And you know what? And you know what that's gonna and you know what not getting boils will bite you? In the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. Remember last year against the Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. One possession game. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, and speaking of the Bucks, I don't believe I don't believe Tampa's in the Super Bowl bubble anymore. Really, I don't believe Tampa's in the Super Bowl bubble. They've got too many, and they've got too many things working against them. Too yeah. many injuries. And the, I'll tell you who I think is in the Super Bowl bubble, L.A. and Dallas. Right. I think the Rams showed yesterday. I mean, Stafford played maybe his worst game of the year with three interceptions. Yeah. But L.A. won the game with Sony Michelle running and Cooper Cup making big catches. Yep. And Odell Beckham scoring another touchdown, even after one of his records went by the wayside. But that's his. LA can win. I think LA can win ugly, can win in a shootout, run the ball, do a whole bunch of other things. And you know who else can do that? The Cowboys. Did you see that Cowboys first half last night? They put up four, uh, what was it, 42 points on the Washington football team? Right. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a better first half all year. Yeah. I mean, the Washington football team might have spent more time beating up each other, fighting each other, but <laughs> but um, 
I mean, true, Washington football team still with a bunch of COVID and injury concerns, but the Cow- this is the best Cowboy team we've seen in, in 20-something years. I don't know what year you were born. <laughs> 1996. Okay, so you were – you might not have been born when Dallas beat the Pittsburgh in Tempe, Arizona. I don't remember. I mean, I was definitely too young to remember it if I was. It, it was January. Oh, yeah. I wasn't born yet. Okay. So, you don't – so, the last time Dallas played in this Super Bowl, young fellow over there was not born. Yep. It's two months out, but <laughs> – So, you got what? Green Bay, Dallas, and the Rams as your three teams from the, a- from the NFC? Yep. Six teams. Six teams. I like – I like w- – w- I like what you're saying. I like where you're thinking. Um, Green Bay, I definitely think, uh, is definitely in the running. I mean, you've got the Aaron Rodgers, the Devontae Adams connection. And, and another big thing that you didn't mention, I mean, if you, especially if, if, you ha- if Green Bay locks up that number one seed, um, which they're, they're holding right now, if they can finish out that year and, and win the number one seed and they've got a home playoff game and you're in Lambeau Field in the playoffs, you need a good run game. I mean, if you're playing in a snowed out game, I mean, obviously we saw what happened in the Buffalo uh, New England game. Mac Jones threw three passes. If you're playing in a cold, windy, snowy Lambeau field in the playoffs, I mean, give me give me another team in the NFC you'd rather that has backs that you'd rather have than Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon because you want some you want two power backs to be able to lead you through the through uh, uh, through a game in the snow and cold and Lambeau field. Plus, you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on uh, on top of that. Yes, their defense has question marks. Obviously, they've been giving up a lot of points this year, but especially if they lock up that number one seed. Because if they don't, then your options are Dallas in a dome and in Dallas, the Rams in L.A., Tampa in Florida, or Arizona in Arizona, depending on who you play and how that playoff situation runs out. You're not worried about weather in any of those situations. So the only way that that's going to help you is if you lock up that number one seed and you get home, you get home, uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But if that does happen, which they are in the driver's seat for that currently, they just got to win their last two games and they won't have anything to worry about. I think having that tandem at running back as well as Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is really going to help Green Bay in the playoffs. Moving on from them, uh, you know, I, I'm a little iffy with you on – the Tampa Bay versus LA Rams. Obviously, Tampa Bay's hurting. Uh, Chris Godwin's out for the year. Uh, Mike Evans, I just saw they put him on the on the COVID list, the COVID nineteen reserve list. So I mean, but it's also Tom Brady. You know, it depends on how long Mike Mike Evans is going to be out for. You know, Gronk has been kind of having a weird up and down year. Obviously, got hurt throughout the middle of it. He came back. He had he had a big game after he came back. And then he's kind of not really gotten a lot of catches. He's had some targets, but had, had some trouble bringing in some catches. But I still, I mean, it's still Tom Brady. He was he won a Super Bowl last year. He keeps getting older, and, it, and it, everyone keeps waiting for him to start to decline. We haven't, I mean, he hasn't been the same Tom Brady this year, but we've still seen some points of, of Tom yeah, Brady. It's been the same. I haven't seen Tom Brady run faster. Yeah, I mean, you've got a point there, but. You know, obviously, it's just he. Ha- I feel like he hasn't been as ultra consistent as he as he has been for so long. I mean, even this version of Tom Brady is still better than most quarterbacks have ever been. But 
You know, I, I do think that as long as Mike Evans can come back, you know, they just got Antonio Brown back. They still have Gronk. Uh, also the Leonard Fournette injury and they've got, I, they've got a lot of injuries, but they've still, they still have a lot of talent on that team. So I, I mean, I almost see the Rams scare me. And the reason why I've been talking so much about the bucks is because the Rams scare me. Yes. They've got Cooper cup. Yes. They've got a good defense, the run game, Daryl Henderson, Sony, Michelle, it seems like they complement each other pretty well. When one doesn't really show up, the other one does, but I don't think they're the best running backs. I think they're a good complement. I think they complement each other well, and I think they're in a good offense together. But I don't think they're the best backs in general. And if and uh, that can be that can be um, you know picked on a little bit when you get to the playoffs. Matt Stafford, yes, he's had a pretty good year, but he has been pretty inconsistent. And a big part of that year has been Cooper Cup having such a monster year. I don't necessarily trust Matt Stafford when it comes to the playoff games to get my team to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's been a Detroit Lions quarterback for the majority of his career. You know, he doesn't have any playoff experience with the Detroit Lions. I mean, something about the Rams. It just kind of makes me, you know, they've lost some interesting games this year. They've been a little up and down. They've obviously still they're still in the playoff hunt. They've been a, a good football team this year. But something about that team just makes me a little bit nervous when it comes around to playoffs. And I, even though Tampa Bay has so many injuries, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford. I, it's hard to go against Tom Brady, no matter how many injuries they've got. Green Bay, obviously, is one of my favorites. L.A. Rams, nah, I don't think as much. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, have a better shot there. But the other team is obviously the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys have, like you said, I mean, this has been one of the most dominant Cowboys teams we've seen in a very long time. And obviously, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, um, Amari Cooper, they, uh, Michael Gallup, they've got the web. Dalton Schultz even had a big game uh, yesterday. I mean, everyone had a big game yesterday. But, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have weapons on offense. They've got plenty of weapons on offense, even Tony Pollard. But that defense is ridiculous this year. I mean, they're getting interceptions from everyone. Demarcus Lawrence, obviously, Diggs has had a million of them. Micah Parsons is having is by far the defensive rookie of the year, even though, you know, Jalen uh, Phillips and uh, Javon Howard should have a shout there, but it's not really going to be very close. I mean, that defense is scary. The offense has so much talent. And I mean, like, like it, I, it's, it's just, I definitely think that this is one of the years that Dallas is set up as best as they possibly can be to make a, uh, to make a Super Bowl run. So I'm going Green Bay for sure, Dallas for sure, and I'm giving Tampa the edge over the L.A. Rams as my third team uh, with Super Bowl uh, aspirations and the best chances to get there. Still there, Dylan? Oh, that's right. <laughs> One thing I do want to know, Dylan, because, you know, we do uh, – everyone uh, – that follows this show know that we're pretty two pretty big fans of our teams i want to ask you a little a little at home question so you're jacksonville jaguars you know they had a better showing this week it was against the jets i knew the jets were going to win that game but um it's time for a new head coach or it's getting time for a new head coach because this season is not going anywhere for the jacksonville jaguars i want you got a short list or a name or a couple names of someone you want to see step into that head coaching role byron leftwich Really? That's your final answer? Yes, Regis. All right. Listen, Any... Byron was a number one draft, first one draft pick. 
2003, played the position, played the quarterback position, understand understands what quarterbacks go through. Great, great offense mind. Learn under Bruce Arians. I mean, you learn under Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. I think Byron's more than ready to become the head coach. I think the league is turning more offensive minded, and we've seen where ex quarterbacks have done well as offensive-minded coaches and head coaches. I mean, Frank, look at what Frank Wright's doing in Indianapolis. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Uh, Andy Reid's Reed's a future Hall of Fame. I mean, it's Bruce Arians, what he's done in Tampa. I mean, the league is trending more offensive-minded. And unless you build Belichick, I think offensive-minded head coaches will always reign supreme going forward with the rules and how quarterback play has evolved over the last three or four years. See, I agree with you, Don. I agree that an offensive-minded head coach is definitely, I mean, especially me being that, like, uh, I've always been an offensive-minded player in all the sports I play. So I definitely agree. I think an offensive coach, especially in the NFL, because offenses can get so complicated. I definitely like the idea of an offensive head coach. However, Byron Leftwich, yeah. I mean, he's been the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. It's a great gig. He's been, I mean, obviously Tampa Bay's offense has been great. However, I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's Mike Evans. It's Chris Godwin. It's Gronk. It's Leonard Fournette. I mean, obviously, a lot of these guys are injured now. But for the majority of the year and for the majority of Byron Leftwich's time in Tampa Bay, those are the weapons he's working with. Obviously, Byron Leftwich, former Jacksonville Jaguar, you've got the history there. You know, it's always nice to to bring in a guy who, you know, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's an added bonus having a guy that that has been with the franchise before the fans know him, the fans like, like him, you know, it, it, it might be a little bit easier for him to acclimate to um, uh, his first head coaching gig as at, uh, being in a stadium in front of some fans that he's uh, played for before. But I'm just not sure if Byron Leftwich is the right guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars job. I mean, you just, you just came out of a situation where you bring in urban Meyer who excellent college football coach, but no call or no professional uh, head, uh, no professional coaching. I mean, I, I think even though his, his college football CV has been so impressive, it was still a risk bringing him in, bringing him in. I mean, obviously he's had some problems at some of the schools he'd coached before you have a rookie quarterback who's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks we've seen come out in the longest time. Is that the guy you want uh, leading, leading Trevor Lawrence? Maybe not. Obviously it didn't work out for them, but in my, in my head, I'm sitting here thinking if I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I've got Trevor Lawrence. I need a guy who has coaching experience, who knows how to lead an NFL team. What doesn't have to be a head coach, but some, I, I Byron Leftwich has been an offensive coordinator for a couple years. I mean, I when if I'm thinking about an offensive-minded coach that I want to bring in and develop my superstar young rookie quarterback, I'm thinking two names. Let me and let me guess. And let me guess. I know okay. those two names. Let me see. All right. One is Doug Peterson. No, actually. Oh gosh. Kellen Moore. Nope. 
He's been a top. He's never been a head coach in the NFL, but he's had some some top tier positions. And Eric he's Bien- Eric Bieniemy. So, Eric was my second. Was going to be my, where I led into after that. I, my first pick for for the Jaguars is Brian Dable, a Buffalo Bills offensive. Oh, I, I like that. I, I like that too. I think I he I mean he used to I don't even know if you know this but he used to be the offense coordinator in Miami and he did a good job in Miami and we fired him for some reason because Miami Dolphins are allergic to uh, uh, very uh, good offensive coordinators but um, you know he goes to Buffalo Josh Allen I mean I don't know if you want to give Brian Dayball credit for what Josh Allen's been doing or at least to share the credit but I mean. Yeah, it's it's his offense. He's putting it together, and Josh Allen is shining. I mean, you've got you've got a coach who's been who's been a top level coach in the league for a long time. He knows that he's he's got a resume. He's got a good CV, and he just developed Josh Allen into one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, if I'm a Jaguars fan, you think offensive minded quarter, uh, you think offensive minded coach who can develop a quarterback. I think Brian Dable is is. I mean, I would love to have him come into Miami as, as our new offensive coordinator, but I think he might be looking for a head coaching job that might be the only thing to pull him away from Buffalo. And maybe Trevor Lawrence might be the thing to do that. Eric Benemi Eric was uh, going to be my second option just because he has been in the, the talking circles for a head coaching spot for it seems like 10 years at this point. I don't think it has been, but it seems like his name every single time there's a head coach vacancy, Eric Benemi is – leading that list for it seems like every team i can't believe he hasn't been hired as a head coach yet and i'm sure the uh, kansas city chiefs are happy that hasn't happened but i mean obviously you know he's not as much of a quarterback developer i think but um he's still been a great offense coordinator for kansas city chiefs and if anyone can uh maybe not as much develop trevor lawrence but put him in as good of a situation and 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 use his talents as best as possible i think eric benemi would be a great choice for jacksonville as well and just get a competent leader who understands a competent leader who understands the NFL locker room, who understands what these older men will do. And the big and the biggest thing about it, Dylan, is he knows how to win. That's what the Jaguars need. The Jaguars need a coach who knows how to win because the Jacksonville Jaguars have not been doing very much winning at all. And you know, bring in Brian Ref- Leftwich. Yeah, sure. You know, maybe. I mean, he could be a great hire. I mean, he's obviously, like I said, he's got the Jaguars experience. He's quarterback minded, should be able to help develop Trevor Lawrence, but should be able to, as opposed to, he's not developing Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think Brian Leftwich is pulling Tom Brady aside after practice and saying, hey, this is what I think you need to do better. I mean, maybe here and there. But I, I think a little less as 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 Dable might be using uh, uh, his 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 coaching with with Josh Allen and and obviously Eric Benami. He's I mean his his resume speaks for itself. But no, just my input. You know, I mean, you know your team better than me. But uh, just a couple names that I thought popped up that sound like they'd be a pretty good fit. Uh, we're all going down the same. Well, bo- both of us are going down the same line with offensive minded head coaches. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, going to be a topic because Black Monday's around the corner, and you know what that means. There'd be a few head coach in vacancy. I mean, already two in vacancy yeah. in Jacksonville. I'm guessing there'd be a couple more coming. There might be a change in Chicago, yeah. maybe. And then there's always one surprise one. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, but like you said, Black Monday's coming up, and uh, there's been a couple teams who, uh, you know, obviously haven't had the uh, most success or have had a couple, a little bit of disappointment this year. So there's, and, and you nailed it. I mean, there's always a surprise every year, and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get hit by one pretty soon. Yeah, so thanks for hopping on, Alex. We wish you well in the, uh, we wish you Dolphins well in the Superdome tonight. Eat some beignets, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk later. All right. Always great to be here, Don. Thanks again, and, you know, fins up.